there's a funky, funky vibe about the studio this evening. And we don't mean the hum coming from cubicle three. The highways and byways of the orbital have a retro feel. The latest in corduroy trousers, huge winged collars and platform mag boots are in evidence. The bar has a laser disco ball in the shape of a Type 10 and has gone the full multicoloured AF killerbot light show over the dance floor. The dance floor is made up of interlocking hexagons, each pulsing to its own rhythm and only occasionally in time with the music. Big hair is in! Hot pants are on. Double denim daisy dukes are in evidence, as uh, even that is a step too far for the station style police. Commanders are disembarking their ships sporting huge sunglasses and giant medallions. And as the funky, funky beat drops, the radio team finish throwing shapes on the dance floor and dash to the studio as a voice says... Our mics are live. I always get the arm movements backwards when dancing to the HOCA. I'm Wilma Finkadoo, and I'm here to get down. I thought you were playing charades. If you weren't, that was a great impression of a combine harvester. I'm Mia Harkness, and I'm not apologising for these dungarees. Damn, ow, oh, the, the soul has dripped into my eyes and I can't see the script. I'm not sobbing, honestly. Hiding behind this enormous wig, I'm a hoankeer, and I'm too cool for school, man. For those of you who are far out, I'm Norma Snuckers. This is Hutton Orbital Radio, and now it's time for the skinny. Flares are in as Pilot Federation launches its Autumn 3308 collection. Brewer Corporation Brucey Bonus Buyback Scheme launches as commanders make the switch. Too hot, too messy, latest. Super swirly, scary space thing in economy drive. Yet more bad news from Attic. But good news from the community. Pilots Federation, ever at the forefront of fashion and determined not to be a dedicated follower, have released their autumn collection upon the galaxy. Out are psychedelic tie-dyed spacesuits, retro lost-in-space puffy survival gear, and the latest in haute couture. This season's must-have accessory for every stylish space pilot out there are flares. Yes, designed to hug the upper thigh and then bell-bottom out at the base to accommodate even the chunkiest of platform space mag boots. The flare is in. 
platform uh, Pilots Federation Community Communication Specialist Sal has a funky sideline as a celebrity stylist, fashion writer, and has her finger on the pulse of the hot or not topics each season. Declaring Flair's season open, she is recommending that pilots add that little extra nanotech-filled fabric to the fullest. Wing collars for high G worlds, letting you glide down from that high precipice, or trousers that have enough material to conceal your attendant Moma's bog spaniel at your ankle. She even hid a culling viral message in her latest fashion blog post with a rather cryptic marketing slogan hidden in the binary of an image. Even the cuffs have flared, leaving stage magicians with a whole wealth of new tricks, including pulling an entire seti rabbit from thin air. Accessorising your new wardrobe, she has recommended cool shades, the larger the better, and that station-based hairdressers encourage everyone to go big. Our very own Commander Chicks, ordinarily a barometer for fashion, in the sense that if he's wearing it, it's definitely out, has found himself back in fashion for the first time in 30 years and hasn't felt this cool since the 3270s. There have been a number of reports of the more adventurous early adopters of the flares having their ankles caught in station lifts, causing head-to-ceiling injuries and groin strain as they hoisted into the air and thumped against the bulkheads at speed. The Pilots' Federation took shipboard and station systems offline earlier today to apply a safety patch to the galaxy, adopting a cautious approach to the swooshing doors. The only flares that are not allowed in the galaxy appear to be the ones to Tharg the Mighty. He's in Lederhosen. This news article, as ever, is sponsored by Eddie Levi's and Sons, plus his daughters, of Lave Station. Tailored at stars out amongst stars. The long-awaited incentive by the Brewer Corporation to see the entire galaxy with fleet carriers has arrived. The lucky first few commanders have been offered the opportunity to double their money and potentially end up with two fleet carriers, all for the price of one. All subsidised by the Bank of Zealand, returns like this haven't been seen since in the galaxy since the days of seeking weapons signal sources. Confused? You will be. Commanders flying the Hotbox and PS ship platforms have been invited to step into the giant 3D photocopier, scan themselves and all their possessions at a submolecular level, then stand back in wonder as the Clonomat creates a perfect replica, complete with bank balance, system permits and as much ranking as one pilot would ever want. The only thing that can't be, can't clone of course, is a fleet carrier. It turns out that at the larger scales, the Clonomat is a margin of error that looks like the interior looking like an etch sketch No, not an etch sketch Though we've seen some results that are close, and with compromised interior bulkhead integrity, that gives it the strength of a damp cardboard tube. The Bank of Zeos has a solution though. Just pawn your mighty large brewer-made barge, they'll hang on to the cash for you, and the Clonomat will do the rest swiping the stripe on your Paynight members card and bringing you bucks by the bucket. Then, once you've met your alter ego in a parallel but connected universe of the PC pilot, you can splash the cash and run not one, but two fleet carriers within no time at all. The only remaining question is, 
Where is everyone going to park them? We are now into the sixth week of Too Hot Too Messy. The Hutton-led initiative to deliver Hutton mugs and Centauri Megagen to every single station in the galaxy. Mug-chucking commanders are rapidly approaching the 20,000 mug milestone, and earlier today we delivered the 10,000th mug to a station that we didn't know existed at the very start, uh, which is half of them. Almost 190 commanders from 68 squadrons are currently taking part, and of course Hutton are still blazing away at the head of the squadron leaderboard, romping past 7,000 deliveries yesterday. The Paladins had a quiet week and have been pushed into second place by the Winged Hussars, who started just over a week ago but have already made over 900 deliveries. Infinite Dreamer and Distant Vets are both single Commander Squadrons in the top 10. Commander Chicks, bloody overachiever, is still out in front with over 1,400 mugs delivered. However, he is being chased down by Nemb, who's approaching the 1,200 mark, with Mouse 8287 convincingly ahead of Val Savannah at four and fourth. How do we know all this? Well, it's tracked by the marvel that is the Hun Helper, and update live on the Too Hot Too Messy event page at hot.forthemug.com forward slash hot underscore mess underscore two. At this rate, we'll have delivered a canister of Hutton mugs and Sundari Megagen to every station in the galaxy by July 3309. Have you noticed that it goes out by a month each week as we discover more and more stations that no one has ever visited? Despite that northern woman ironically announcing, Welcome back, Commander! So, how do I join in the fun, I hear you ask? Well, first... You need to give in to your space FOMO and sign up by downloading the Hutton Helper from hot.forthemug.com forward slash download, where your mug and gin deliveries will be counted for by, by, here, will be counted by you, by, you know what, Entarius Fusion's magic hamsters do all the work, you know, so we don't have to. It comes in three flavors, full fat helper, helper light and online helper. So choose the one that best suits your constitution. Download it today and get out there and become a ginger mugger. Just like cotton coffee. It's all about the ground. For a week now, commanders have been following the progress of the super swirly, slightly scary Stargoid Space Swoosh and attempting to calculate both where it is going next and what its ultimate destination is. Karen and Stella have attempted to predict that path, but due to insufficient information related to the mass of the giant Galnet look-alike, whether it's engineered upgrade drives and of course with the actual method of propulsion that can push it at more than 8,000 times the speed of light without making a frame shift jump, have concluded that the best they can do is to say that it is coming this way. Initial projections are that it will bump into something in time for Christmas, leading many commanders to start donning their festive jumpers and writing to the big beardy gift 
giving spirit of festive gluttony and telling him that they've been good boys and girls and to please not send the Krampus. Cannon have written asking for a new megaship as their old one seems to lack be stuck in a loop. The fuel rats have asked for a big space horse and it's far more efficient than li- little limpets. Alvin wants a new chew toy and President Hudson, Hudson would quite like those photos back, no questions asked. So with the last one we suspect he's on the naughty list and will just be getting a lump of coal. Looking at the erratic pattern from the last week, either the multi-bladed giant solar system slicing blender has been at the Centauri Megagen or it has been a really small mass and its path is being bent by nearby massive objects or it has to make regular stops to use the toilets accompanied by the Thargoid Guardian that is as appropriate equivalent of are we nearly there yet? of its refuelling en route and uses conventional hydrogen based fuel which of course begs the question if it's going that fast how long does it need to be able to slow down in time not to obliterate whatever system it hits like a commander attempting a landing on a 10g world with 3d thrusters and 200 tons of hot mugs on board breaking news listener we have an update it appears that who, or whatever, is guiding the mysterious Thargoid Kaleidoscope realised that they left the landing lights on. And in the interest of not crashing into so many curious ships and leaving them broken in its wake, like a litter of little bugs around the light at night, has gone dark. With hints being dropped that just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there, circulating around Galweb, Hutton are encouraging pilots to pick up giant space ear trumpets and head to its last known location, stick their ear in the direction of deep space and see if they can hear the grumbling of the commander of the whatever it is complaining about the cost of energy and demanding to know who left the lights on and the big door open. If you hear a swirly thing, please report it to Canon Interstellar and remember, where there's one big scary space spiral swirly shape, there are likely to be more, so keep them peeled and if that doesn't work, take the cotton wool out of your ears. It could of course be the 3308 inverted version of a Victorian child and attempting to be heard and not seen. Either that, or it's a Romulan bird of prey from the sci-fi dimension with its cloak engaged, which really would raise some eyebrows. Well, hasn't it been another busy week in Hutton Space? Outbreaks, infrastructure failures, famine, blight, war, and a small bust. More on those stories coming up. In its regular spot, Barnard Star has reached the dizzying heights of the high 30s during the week, but now it's down to 34, which is still pretty good for Barnard Star. There are no conflicts pending in the system, so make the most of this rare and brief opportunity to boost Hutton influence whilst it lasts. And Nat's crotchet above it on 35 are the two Epsilons, Eridani and Indy, which are both still suffering from the after-effects of recent outbreaks. Speaking of outbreaks, the current variant appears to have an odd number of exactly one, as Epsilon Eridani passed it on to Epsilon Indy, 
which in turn passed it on to Wolf 25. So shipping all the meds you didn't manage to offload to the Epsilons at an outrageous profit and deliver them to the large pads in bonkers. Rubbing salt, vinegar and even a generous blob of wintergreen into the wounds of poor little Avic, this tiny system has endured blight, dwarf, famine in a week and I'm afraid to say that it's taken its toll on the economy. Havoc is bust, broke, brassic, destitute, on its uppers. So trade, 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 dump your carto data, sell your bio, I mean, sell your biological data, not, not your body, and get poor little Avic back on its size four feet again. What next? Frogs? Locusts? Blood? Kakari is the third system to suffer an infrastructure failure in recent weeks, so shipping water purifiers and power generators to return the system to normal operation. The last system to warrant a mention this week is Wolf 359, which has dipped below the threshold, but which Alvin lifts an ear and takes notice. At the overachieving end of the Hutton Systems table, we have six systems above 60%, one of which is over 70, a one is even over 80. Whoever is doing what in Stein 2051, do stop it. Priorities this week are, if you want to chuck something, boost Avic and Barnard Star, relieve the outbreak in Wolf 25, and fix the infrastructure failure in Kakari. And if you've still got time to spare after all that, deliver some mugs and some gin. This week we have heard news of the various events from... Does the sun still rise in the east in the east, week 27? And East India Company presents Operation Consolation. Does the sun still rise in the east in the east, week 27? The not too hot for Hutton edition. Commander Labbert's mercy told me dropping the R makes me sound more gangster, which is splendid says Commander the Presence. Excuse my language, but blooming waypoints. You don't see one for months and months, then two come along at once. After entering Hawking's Gap, don't titter, I did that joke on the way out. I found I was able to hear the anomaly on the FSS all the way out here, but by turning up Hutton Radio, the noise miraculously disappeared. My application for Canon is now pending after that discovery. I made it to the Spartacus at last, but left a very disgruntled explorer after a run-in with the attractive young lady from Vista Genomics. After introducing myself and handing over my data, instead of lobbing my package out on her counter, I was confronted by well, Mr. Necrotic, ooh, if you're trying to impress me with that, all I can say is Commander Chicks's was much bigger. Flossie, stop sniggering in the back. We're talking about exobiology. I was going to make fun of her name, but couldn't think of anything so left with my tail between my legs. It will be the last time she gets her hand on anything of mine. <coughs> I'd forgotten how short the sojourn between waypoints 14 and 15 were, a mere 5,000 light years, so it wasn't long at all before I got my first actual eyeball of the Pulia Nebula. 
which was great as close up I thought it looked like a big bruise. No wonder there's no tourists speaking. I'll have a quick poke about there to see if the black uh, the bark mounds are still missing. Then it's onwards and upwards to waypoint 16. Until next week, TTFN 07. East in India Company presents Operation Consolation. Now that console players transfers to PC are likely to go ahead on Monday, East India Company are doing another month-long giveaway of goods required to gain access to Horizons engineers in the bubble and Colonia. Hopefully this should help out those moving over to PC, but it's open to everyone. To coincide with console transfers, East India Company are offering free commodities to unlock Horizons engineers from 12th of September to 11th of October. All you need to do is mention Operation Consolation when you place your order and there will be no charge for it. Any commander who wishes to help EIC from now until the 11th of October by carrying out trades partaking in loading parties or supplying any goods to EIC will receive the tag Operation Consolation. More details at tinyurlconsolationtime. And that's it for this week. I'm sure there must be more things going on. So if you know of any other events, please contact. I took part at Hutton Orbital or um, dot com or actually post in the uh, correspondence part of um, discord in the Hutton Orbital Truckers discord where we'll pick it up and post it next week and that's it for this week Was it seamless or seem full? Well, <laughs> mine was seem full, definitely. There was a bit of living going on at the end there. Yeah, <laughs> mine was mine was very much on the on the the edge. <laughs> it was. I mean, just there's a couple of times where I said the wrong thing and just went back and say that again. But it's yeah, it was too much hot and coffee. Oh, I forgot. Brain is working ending. faster than my mouth. Or not enough hot and coffee. What was that, Flossie? I forgot to write an ending to my piece. I'm not used to Palantir <laughs> doing it for me, you say. made it up on the hoof and used the old one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You should just have told them to bugger off. Uh, well. <laughs> well, I think we... Yeah. Well, there's, a, there's a bit in the script need... here. We, we have a delete as appropriate piece of the script yeah. here. Do we, we thought Seamless, was... seem full. I, I'm going to... Shall we... We'll cross out seem full. Full. Yeah. Tonight, listener, um, you had a you had a new button pusher, Commander Litho Breaker. Yeah. Has now popped his button pushing cherry. Yeah. So, it was pretty soon. Apart from knowing, Lit- you know, I think the Litho only Breaker's bit went like a dream compared to the rest. Is certainly not the fly in the ointment. Maybe a couple of fly footprints in the ointment. It was no <laughs> no news music in the first bit, but. I read Rats, it, so I you noticed. About, I was quite I, happy uh, about that. Ah, I don't miss it. I, I mentioned it. that in text. <laughs> yes, I wonder what that ping was. Um, I'm too busy trying not to yawn. So, uh, with that so, nervous, nervous <laughs> yawning thing, I do. So, welcome to the uh, the madness, Litho Breaker, and very well done. 
Why, I thank guess. you. Yay! Um, what what happened 45 minutes before the start of the show, Litho? Um, we went to go online for a final test, and online didn't. <laughs> online was offline. Online was offline. The streaming server refused to connect. Did we panic? Well, you might not have. I did. Brand trousers time. Yeah. See, at that point, you at that point you don't panic because you know that you can't do anything. It's not like you come online and something's going to switch itself off or break. Press a button and something wrong happens. It just you can do nothing. So you can't break it again. It's already broken. It's like, are you concerned? Aren't you concerned? I go. Would it help? I was yes. just trying to work out what had changed after all of the testing I'd done that, that worked. So it's... Oh, how what many, had changed? What, what had changed is that... Um, <laughs> well, somebody had applied some server updates to the streaming server and um, oh, just uh, possibly might not have restarted the streaming server after they Does that the person's updates. name begin with P and end in cyclical? <laughs> well, How did you guess? He might tell you it starts with Cy and ends in Simuf, but oh, the other I, would, I wouldn't believe. No, Simuf would never do a thing like that. Yeah, but but no, uh, I managed to get hold of Cow and um, mention that this has happened. And mm. um, between he and Moof, they got it back within what ten minutes flat. So I'm rather happy with that degree of support. And okay, everything so, worked seamlessly. So, Litho, given that the first half of the show is the sort of you know, baptism by fire because there's a lot of buttons to push and a lot of things to do in the second half of the show all you have to do all you have to do famous last words um we said that last week didn't we who said yeah, that that's that's when it all started going all wrong, wrong. <laughs> yeah thanks chicks thanks it no it wasn't me it was, it was, it was this week <laughs> no, it was flossy yeah. yeah that was pretty seamless and then it all went wrong yeah it was you this week is about is about starting videos and a bit of music it's like it's, uh, i always find the second half of the show less uh, less intense Mm. Mm. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So Unless we've got... you get a bit to do in the second half of the show. Well, even it, I always make sure I've got nothing to do in the second half of the show. But um... I see. I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Anyway, this is just me opening the wine. <laughs> um, so it's, point, it's kind of pointless interviews in everybody, isn't it? Because you've all heard us, media. Yeah. Apology officer, yeah. Flossy. Yeah. Me. Hello. And uh, our new button pusher. Um, Rudolph is probably on a plane right now, isn't he? Hopefully. He's, uh, he's mm. making the, re- the return leg from Germany. Yeah, he's either on a plane or he's swearing at the third announced delay of the night. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's it's that week, isn't it? It's it's not last week. It's, it's the other kind of week where we have a full oh, history. Oh, yeah. And... I missed it because I was doing other things because it's on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I do other things on Wednesdays. Um, but it was uh, it was R from Sally with uh, Frameshift Live number sixteen. Yes, and did it, have you have you noticed the? Um, do you think they're they're mug collectors by any chance? You see all the mugs on the table. Yeah, it's like look at all these mugs that people have given us. You could too could give us a mug. Talk about product <laughs> placement. Yeah, did you see Bruce had one with his name on it? Yes. And the Bruce Garrido. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've seen them all with uh, Zach and uh, and Arthur. They all have the names I liked on Arthur. Those. I liked Arthur's hoodie. Did you see his front? Was he wearing hoodie? a hoodie? Yeah, it is. Well, it was a, a black and orange hoodie. I thought it was a hoodie. 
I did like the uh, the 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 t-shirts that the two we'll get to the audio guys you know yeah bit, but uh, the oh, two... you can buy those that's the 35th anniversary one that was in oh, the is store it? yeah okay. it was I, was, the store. I immediately went and looked and i couldn't see them after i'll have to be better at possibly sold out now oh yeah because that at the um the original sort of 1984 um yeah 85 elite logo on it which i thought was great yeah it was they might be out of stock because the last i checked they only had all the weird sizes like you know, extra medium and things like that. Oh yeah, like marquee. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um. So obviously, I I watched it on YouTube, but if you watched it live on on Twitch, um, you could qualify for Twitch drops. So for fifteen minutes of of watching on Twitch, you could have got yourself a paint job, which Arf referred to because he, he likes to shoot from the hip. It was a summer berry midnight berry blue mid berry summer night. Berry. Do we have a picture of that? I do, but I didn't upload it to the. Um, it, it's quite nice. It's very purpley. I, I haven't put it in the broadcast folder. It's, a bit, else? it's a bit like blueberries. Yes, so it's very berry. Um, Mary Berry. It was, quite good. And it was I, Mary Berry. It was Mary Berry. <laughs> then it was Mary Berry. And then it was a great British Bake Off paint job. I am <laughs> going to take the bold move and go away from the uh, from the script and just look. Oh, it's on a. DBX. Yeah, it's DBX. Is that DBX? Yeah. Same as the Mango one was. Yeah, somebody, this... somebody's favouriting yeah. ships, are they? I know, because we, we all know what our favourite ship is, but that would look ridiculous on a chief. So the... oh, I was going to say crate. Uh, well, he's got a big downer on crates, apparently. Because oh, okay. they always appear, because they, they, they look great in uh, stellar screenshots. Like, yeah. Oh, not another crate. <laughs> I remember two, three years ago, he's always an asp in some in front of something. Asp in front of something, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when the did you notice as the as the if you if you watched it, uh, yeah, the uh, as the stream started, um, Arf and Sally were there. They were in a station in front of Vista Genomics behind a desk, you know, the, their new news setup. And they were they were kind of fumbling, squabbling, fighting, trying to hide a can of spray something. Mm-hmm. And they were, was it? I mean, it had a pink top on it. That, that, I did notice yeah. that. Yeah. Really, was, was that Hallie, Sally's hprayed? No, it can't. It's definitely hairs, a hairs the pink lid on it, it's going to belong to Sally at yeah. some point. Yeah. Deodorant, maybe? Could be. Mm. Could be. Could be that. What's that spray stuff, that like, spray steamer stuff? The, you know the stuff I mean? No. You know, a spray can full of blitz steamers and you spray it. Oh, bit. like uh, Silly String. Silly string, that's oh, the stuff. I haven't seen that for years. Would that, yeah. would that or work? have you? Uh, <laughs> would that work? Would it work in zero G? How do you get Velcro or uh, anyway? Oh, silly string in zero G would be amazing. That'd be mad, wouldn't it? Anyway, yeah. So, I mean, obviously the 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 gang behind that was all the uh, space graffiti that's been appearing around the place that. Uh, <laughs> We've seen people post pictures of in uh, various channels of social media, Discord, and uh, and, and the like. Um, <laughs> the one that made me laugh was uh, Salvation. Somebody had graffitied the Salvation Lives, and it was Salvation Olives. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, apparently they're, qu- they're quite tasty. Yes, but, uh, but is he? Does he live? Is he? Is he dead or is he alive? Or is he undead? Is this is this Schrodinger's salvation? 
Was his death greatly exaggerated? Or did he just fake his own death for the insurance money? Quite an elaborate... Did he get any insurance money? Well, who knows? Who knows? It's quite a... Quite a bold step to take for a bit of uh, a bit of cash, isn't it? It is. Just after pay, after he died, anyway, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like the ships. Can't <laughs> just sell a few void opals and low temperature diamonds like the rest of us. But uh, anyway, after all that nonsense, we they did the usual stuff, which uh, what a Jude and Beetle Spoon will do a bit later on the Galnet News, and they mm-hmm. did actually show a bit of Galnet News. They did, didn't they? Yeah, with I the, thought that uh, was really good. And I, I think it's it's great that the Galnet News logo looks like the, <laughs> <laughs> the thing we're talking about. Is maybe. it coincidence? I don't mm, think so. There's a conspiracy there. Um, they did talk about that. They were saying, like, for instance, the space graffiti, they didn't really make a thing about it. And all of yeah. a sudden commanders are going, oh, anybody notice this space graffiti? And, like, let in commanders find stuff in the game yeah and of course half made the bold statement well we're not going to tell you anymore we'll just let you find it so no i can't everything we find people you know the conspiracy theorists are gonna uh, run rampant on this mm-hmm. and uh anyway we shall uh but that's we good sh- we all have a bit of unfounded speculation <sighs> yes apparently although that's really that's really <laughs> more of, a, actually <laughs> more of the uh, live radio kind of thing but oh um they would be the first to say it. What, you mean it's news based in fact rather than wild accusation and supposition? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I must admit, my the, as far as I'm concerned, the first rule of journalism is never let the truth get in the way of a good story. But, um, mm-hmm. but there we go. There we go. And they did, they, they did some stellar screenshots, which apparently were a premiere this week. They've tried, because <laughs> instead of playing the game in the background, just listen to it, it forced me to look at them. Because mm-hmm. normally I've already seen them on Galbook or you know, other, other forms of media. Yeah. Um, but they showed them for the first time this week instead of previewing them elsewhere. Yeah. There was some, some great. Some really was, I like the one where the person had the, kind of cut their hands. Oh, yeah, with the, the uh, they were doing the, the clapping, the phenomena, though, weren't they? The phenomena in their hands. Yes, that was quite good. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was very clever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even to think of that. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, they invited some of their devs. Um, and then Dev came on. I thought, I've seen this guy recently. And uh, he he was on about th- two, three live streams ago, Robin from <laughs> their sound team. He obviously enjoys it. Yeah. And, uh, and then, <laughs> um, there were supposed to be two presenters because it was such a long, a long couch, a long sofa. And yeah. uh, who turned up about 10 minutes later. Um, and he didn't really give his name. And then later on, I figured out it was Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, so they talked about, you know, how they make sounds in the game. Yeah. And we talk, talk about how, we, we, we covered this a couple of weeks ago, but how the sound is very intuitive. Um, so you, you kind of know what's going on because you've been conditioned um, various Yeah, that was about what he had. That was quite what he had, there was things like there's a noise in Commander Pavlov. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but there's a noise that you make with your scanner, like the Hulk scanner. Yes, that was good, wasn't it? And there's a part of that that's replicated uh, when you're in, when you're selling cartographics graphics when you're selling it, so you know the two things are connected. But I don't remember ever having heard that. But no, I don't I have. either. Yeah. 
Yeah. To be, to be honest, I have the sound on fairly low, so I'm probably missing out on all this yeah. stuff. I kind of knew they were connected anyway. But, right. You know. Mm. Yeah, it was very interesting. Trouble is, when I come to sell stellar cartographics, I'm like, like 300 bloody pages of it. So you just, oh, it's just hit the button, hit the button, hit the button, hit the button. Yeah. Um, they, they talked about, um, I've forgotten the name of the guy, but uh, he's sort of garnered sounds. The British Antarctic Survey has provided them with all kinds of sounds. Was this Robin? Uh, I really don't know. There was a guy they were talking about called Joe as well, wasn't there? They mentioned Joe quite a lot. Right, okay. But, um, I mean, some of the time you're quite busy in Antarctica and then other times you're not that busy. So (laughs) (laughs) they've gathered all these sort of natural sounds from Antarctica. They play one or two of those, which, which, which which are nice. And then um, the, the, the the bass clarinet, I'm trying to picture in my mind what a bass, yeah, I can kind of do it, what a bass clarinet looks like. It's just a bigger clarinet. And now the that was on the... it. Strings? <laughs> yeah, it's a bass <laughs> no, it's, it's woodwind. Um, yes. And how they'd use that for the for the Thargoid sounds. And yeah, when, yeah. when they, they, they sort of took, slowly took some of the filters off it, and you go, oh, I really, you can really hear the clarinet there. That was, yeah. that was good. But they but also they were, do, you know, were, you know, at the end of um, films and all the, you know, if, if mm-hmm. you're sad like me and you sit in cinema to watch the titles go by, um, and it comes with uh, ADR and uh, Foley. Um, yes, they were talking about Foley, which is mm-hmm. making sounds you know, like like Wellington boots in cat litter and things like yeah, that. Yeah, creating were, your own sounds. Yeah, and then recording those. Um, and they were t- talking about various things they'd used to uh, to make sounds. Uh, that, you know, and then and obviously filter and distort and put them in the game to represent various events and you know things happening. Yeah. Um, and one of them mentioned, uh, uh, I'm going to have to try this. I don't drink Red Bull, so I'm going to find myself a Red Bull can in a bin somewhere in the street. Does it have to be a Red Bull can? Well, he, 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 did, he was quite specific. He did say yeah. Red Bull. Um, so I'm going to have to find one somewhere. And, uh, Product placement. Oh, yeah. you're well spotted. I'm useless at this stuff. Um, swirl around a little bit of liquid in it and then sort of push the side of the tin and it makes a, a weird sound. So anyone anyone got a Red Bull can in their hand? What are you doing in a Red Bull at 9 o'clock at night? You'd be awake all night. It's like mm-hmm. Gordon Street coffee. You'd be awake for a week. <laughs> um, so has anybody made, have any, you experimented with strange noises with random objects at all? I did some sounds. What did I do some sounds for? That was one of the Galnet Digests. That was splashing sounds I was doing for the Momus Bog Spaniels one. I, so I did do that. You wash your hands now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did do some splashing sounds for the Momus Bog Spaniels one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've done a wee bit of that. But yeah, it's, it's easy enough. You just, you know. It's easy enough to do it at the level that we do it, at the level that they do it, I'm sure it's quite Yeah, difficult. and then put it through some kind of box of tricks to distort yeah. it. And, and yeah. they're looking for sounds to tell a story and things. I'm just looking for a splash to be a splash. It's funny, I can almost, I can feel Litho Breaker sort of sucking his teeth and shaking his head going, bloody hell, <laughs> talking, talking, yeah, talk, yeah I can do the head <laughs> shake as well. Sucking talking about this as he... <laughs> Real. And apparently, 
Um, I don't have a crate, um, so I've never noticed that. Apparently, as a coffee maker, but um, yeah, yeah, it has. Mm. Where did my screen just go black then? Anyway, um, but the summer, I can't remember which event it was, but in the, the game, something happens when you're in a crate, and it makes oh, it's when a new. Uh, you a new know, contact. A new contact comes on. Yeah. Apparently, it makes a coffee sound. What the hell is a yeah. coffee sound? You'll have to get a crate and encounter a new contact. Thing. I mean, the only coffee sounds I know is the grinder when I, you know, tip You've some been beans and stay off for that. <laughs> <laughs> they banned you for a reason. That was, that was very good. That was very sharp. <laughs> I know your head might come to a point, but you're not normal. Um, and did you notice what Sally was leaning on on the desk? It was a big book of stuff. Yeah, they didn't talk about those at all. I thought yeah. they might. I thought they might. I thought they were going to bring it up or do something or nothing yeah. came of it. And I, I, was, I, could, I, I was, you know, like for all the time you've either went in to see the boss or you're at school and you, you know, you see someone on a desk and you read it upside down, mm -hmm. so you know what's going on. And I thought, oh, look at them, they were great blueprints on the desk but they didn't get a mention so whether they were supposed yeah. to or not and ran out of time oh they finished early yeah. didn't they yeah or or whether maybe you were just supposed to notice it and then speculate oh very good at that we, we've just spent the last yeah. 15 minutes doing exactly <laughs> that <laughs> so yeah that was the i quite enjoyed it since i watched probably far more of it than i would ordinarily watch Yes. Right. I missed it. I was out shopping. Uh, I had it running in the background yesterday while yeah. I was watching something on TV. And then today, this morning, I got up and thought, I'm going to watch that. And I went back and watched it this morning. So, yeah, it was good. I to. What other things happened? <laughs> yeah, yes. I was out and then I ended up going to the pub and forgot. <laughs> Speaking of other things, Helen. Other things. Yes. Yes. Drum roll, cheese this, roll, drum roll. This, this week's roll. mug winner is Commander Tavira with 147 Yay. mugs and gin delivered. Excellent. If you would like to get your hands on a genuine hunting mug, just make sure you deliver at least 10 of each mugs and gin during the next week while having the Hutton helper connected to record them. And next Thursday, there will be another draw from everyone who qualified this week. Yay. And let's make sure that you know you have to email itookpart at hutton.com with your details. Yeah. Well, oh. there we go. Who wants to do that next one? Well, nobody uh, does really. I don't think any of us really want to do it. Yeah. But I don't think we can really go through the rest of this without making Mentioning. some mention of today's very sad occurrence mm. of uh, Her Majesty the Queen um, finally passing on. And yeah. Anyway, um, David sent a message saying, give her a good send-off this evening. Good evenings, ma'am. Yeah, certainly was. 96 yeah. she was. 96, yeah. 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 70 it's... years on the throne. <laughs> yeah. And I think so... she was in Balmoral, and I think that was really close to her heart, so it was, she was yeah. in the place she wanted to be. You know? She was, yeah. So, yeah I, th I think that's the place you viewed as home, isn't it? Rather it's going to yeah. just a house. Yeah. yeah. 
and there's a lovely last photo of her with the, the new Prime Minister. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, anyway, I'd just like to say that I'm, I'm really uh, very sorry and hope for all the best for our new king. Yeah, absolutely. King Charles. The third. Charles yep. the third. Can you, a king? That sounds strange, doesn't it? It, it does, doesn't strange. it? I've never, yeah. I've never known a king. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there we go. Hmm. Anyway. Um, okay. I just have one more. <laughs> I just have one more thing to, to bring up. Artemis one still broken. Move on. <laughs> so still broken, yeah. Still, still broken. Who is A A? Whose name would begin with two E's? Hmm. Now, let mm. me think. Amelia, do you know whose name begins with two A's? Well, mine's an A and an E, so it can't be me. It's not it's you. Not you. Mm. Who else, Luke? Oh, is oh. No, mine's an L and an I. You know who that is. I can see somebody to my right whose name begins with an E and an E. Little nose poking out of it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There it is. It's an... Avark! Seamless. It's Seamless. Hello, Flassie here with this week's Community Goals News. Last week's CG, Azimuth Biotech Mining Campaign completed at around 8am UTC on Sunday with 850,000 units collected. As well as credit rewards, the top 75% of contributors uh, have already received their Mbuni permit today, this afternoon, I believe. And this week's CG, well, you've probably already seen it because the picture's been flashing on since the music started. There's no CGs today. <laughs> And that's it for this week's CG News. Flossie told you what to do. Is it me already? And now it's time to hand over to the gangsters of Galactic News, Bugsy Bonnie Beetle Jude and Crazy Eyes Clyde Witherspoon. Galnet News Update, 5th of September 3308. In your own time, Jim. The unexplained interstellar anomaly, or Thargoid Death Star, has speeded up dramatically. Having transited the Uchor's CS-F C13-0 system early this morning, it was expected to arrive at Uchor's BS-F C13-0 at approximately 8pm Galactic Standard Time tonight. Instead, it had passed the system by 1pm, indicating a dramatic acceleration towards wherever it's going to. 
There are large numbers of wrecked spaceships in the systems the Death Star is passing through, almost all with large or small survey data caches. Those in the area report very high numbers of high predictions, with around half of the Thargoid encounters having the new instantly aggressive Thargoids. Guardian modules are not being affected there, as they are in HIP-22460. It seems likely that this Death Star, Stargoid or Tharg Star, is a response to the events in HIP-22460. Where it's going, when it'll get there, and what will happen when it does are matters of more than academic interest. Ex-Aegist scientists have been speculating on the new aggressive behaviour of Thargoids in response to Salvation's attack on them in HIP-22460. Perhaps the most elegant theory comes from Dr. Zhonghui Xin of the Holloway Biosciences Institute in Colonia, well away from the Thargoids. Her analogy is that the Thargoids view the entire galaxy as their living body, with humanity as a normally benign parasite living within. Following the attack on them, the Thargoid scouts and interceptors may be reacting like an immune system to fight off a particularly virulent outbreak of humanity. Speaking for the Imperial Academy of Sciences, Ivano Colombera said that the Thargoids' ancient war with the Guardians may have allowed them to develop defences against Guardian technology, and that the recent concentration of Guardian technology in HIP-22460 has prompted them to reactivate these ancient anti-Guardian defences against our Guardian hybrid modules. His department's actively working on countermeasures that may protect Guardian modules in a similar manner to the shutdown field neutraliser. It is not clear whether these modules, if and when they become available, will be available only in the Empire. Professor Seamus Madigan of Olympus Village University takes the most prosaic analysis, suggesting that the Thargoids have acted in direct response to Salvation's aggression against them. Their aggression is a response to our aggression, and their upgraded technology is a response to the new threat posed by the Proteus Wave. He does not, however, explain how the Thargoids managed to upgrade their technology in the approximately 60 seconds between the Proteus Wave firing and the second unexplained pulse from the Proteus Wave device. Would it be too fanciful to think that the second pulse was the Thargoid device sending out a software upgrade to all the Thargoid ships in the system? The people who caused this mess in the first place, Azimuth Biotech, are attempting to set themselves up again as a purveyor of anti-Xeno technology. Their appeal last week from Mind Commodities was surprisingly well patronised, with the initiative completing on Sunday. This presumably means that nearly 3,000 commanders were willing to forgive Azimuth its evil past and its disastrous mistakes, as long as they get to make credits from mining and have access to the AX weaponry at Prospects Deep in Mbuni. The enthusiastic response to the appeal is likely to mean that we haven't seen the last of Azimuth. Galnet News Update, 6th of September 3308. The Proactive Detection Bureau says it's taking seriously the risk of antisocial behaviour from a vocal minority of federal citizens who want to negotiate peace with the Thargoids. And there are signs of pro-peace activism outside the Federation too. 
Having detected relatively high levels of pro-Zeno sentiment, the PDB is actively monitoring for signs of social unrest, looking for signs of potential anti-social behaviour. A spokesperson described the trend as a countercultural social phenomenon, but said there was no evidence yet of any danger to society. The pro-peace movement may be a reaction to the visible preparations for a prolonged and attritional war against the Thargoids. The Thargoids are a far more fearsome foe than they've ever been previously. Pro- and anti-war graffiti first observed in starports in the Pleiades has been spreading into the core systems, indicating a polarisation of society. The major news feeds have given very little space to the opinions of what are seen as fringe groups, but citizen broadcasters have helped to bring together those who are distrustful of the well-researched scientific and political viewpoints they see on what they call the mainstream media, and to encourage their listeners to do their own research by watching social media and make up their own minds without the need to be overly burdened by facts. The Sovereign, which supports the Thargoid Advocacy Project, uses the words of Albert Tesro, who believes that we should seek to understand the Thargoids, to put the case for trying to negotiate peace with them. On one of the most notorious social media platforms, ICE, Icecaster Joy Sen has also helped to promote the Thargoid Advocacy Project. How do you end a war? Is it by fighting harder, building bigger weapons, wiping out everyone you can? No! Well, sometimes, I guess. But I guess Salvation blew that one right. We shouldn't just accept what our leaders are telling us, that the only way to end the Thargoid War is through military action. So, if you want peace, you learn to talk to the other side and find common ground. That's why I'm fascinated by this Thargoid Advocacy Project, which is promoting ways to resolve this terrible situation through non-violent means. Millions of people have already signed up. What do you all think? In possibly related news, the moving star that was recently discovered on the far side of Barnard's Loop has been officially described as a reddish-orange flare with faint radial patterns. It's moving rapidly through intersidereal space and is unlike any naturally occurring phenomenon. In a Vox Galactica interview, a commander, Eva Hloelen, suggests that there may be some sort of message or information hidden in the signs from the object that are picked up by the full-spectrum scanner. FSSs are able to discriminate sound from the object, but are unable to lock onto it. The nature of the flare, which has some characteristics that suggest it may be Thargoid in origin, remain uncertain. Experts have dismissed the suggestion that Tharg the Mighty, ruler of Thargoidia, might be flaring off the galaxy's tritium reserves out of spite, because the war isn't going very well. Thank you, Commanders Beetlejude and Wotherspoon. Just when you realised that you didn't renew your Spanner Rat subscription and ignored the advisory note on your last base MOT, hear a cautionary tale from the from Mia Harkness and the Hutton Helper results.
welcome to the Hutton Helper Results. The Hutton Helper Results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third party resource to come with a free model moon rocket which will sit on your dash and never go anywhere. This week we have the following events. The We're Going at Night Lunar Exploration Spectacular. The Park it Next to That Pile of Scrap Lunar Deja Vu Trophy. The Hammer and a Feather Galileo Galilei Challenge. The We Need a Plumber Stat Championship. The We Come in Peace Snoopy and Sean Plushy Shield. The Wagon Train to the Stat Oh No, wait, I scrubbed it. Extravaganza. So, check you're not leaking, ensure the launch window is open, and if it explodes, then you're disqualified. This week's Hutton Helper results are Sophia jumped 31,000 light years to come first in distance travelled. Hero Dot sold 23,000 tons of goodies. Top mission runner this week is Montgomery Python with 409 mission points. Attic 2 cashed in 202 million credits worth of bounties. Fenris Jaeger handed in exactly 270 million credits of combat bonds. Flynnzilla delivered 483 people safely to their destinations. So, decals this week for Hero Dot, Fenris Jaeger, Flynnzilla, Epaphis for Systems Visited, Dart Virtual for Our Mind. Please email itookpartathuttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your Hutton decal kit, which this week consists of a tube of silicon sealant, a Hutton shaped patch, and a Sean the Sheep plushie. We had 30 Hutton runs in the last seven days. The top five were Impala Mark with 1 hour 22 minutes and 52 seconds. Attic with 1 hour 23 minutes and 46 seconds. Steve B with 1 hour 23 minutes and 50 seconds. Uber Dave 5993 must drive an Uber. 1 hour 24 minutes and 12 seconds. And Gymland with 1 hour 24 minutes and 23 seconds. Anyway, there's a whole galaxy of stuff out there needing postponed, hidden from, flipped, this translated to and from Spanish, chilled, mugged, gymmed, ginned, shot, shipped, rescued, looted, repaired, destroyed, bought, sold, squeezed, inflated, bumped, frozen, liquidated, evaporated, sandblasted, sponged down, smelled, licked, extruded, discombobulated, recombobulated, pilfered, rubbed, compressed, enveloped, siphoned, regurgitated, strained, fermented, poached, interrobanged, upcycled, violently downcycled, smelted, roboticized, and propagated. And you can earn yourself a very fetching hot decal for doing it. To get involved, you just have to go to hot.forthemug.com and download or sign up for the delicious new Hutton Helper, available in three exciting formats. Let's face it, anything has to be better than discovering your state-of-the-art spaceship is actually made from bits of old space shuttle. Anyway, that's it from me for this week. Back to Studio 5. Thank you, Mayor. And now, fresh from her recent visit to Altair, here is Amelia Hawke with this week's Galnet Rares Digest. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke, reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest, 
we try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities. So you don't have to. As this week on Hutton Orbital Live, we appear to be scraping the bottom of the barrel of fashion. I thought that the Garnet Rares Digest could step away from the dangerous weaponry and vicious pilot-eating plants of previous weeks and bring a little style to our reviews. To that end, I've headed to Altair. Viewed from Earth, it is the twelfth brightest star in the sky, part of the summer triangle Asterism, along with Deneb and Vega. I'm only 16.7 light years from Sol. Considered part of the old systems around Sol due to its proximity, an original signatory to the Federal Accords of 2242, and therefore a founding member system of the Federation. Altair is serviced by Solo Orbiter, not around the Earth-like world of Big's Colony, as you might expect, but in orbit around the rocky world of Dark's Hollow. And, in opposition to how many people normally view the Federation, Solo Orbiter isn't a drab, grey place, only fit for passing trade ships looking to indulge in buying the latest industrial machines, but instead a more vibrant and bright station, full of colour and heady smells. It is here, at Solo Orbiter, that early space farmers set up production facilities to combat some of the downsides of long-distance space travel. Wearing a spacesuit for months on end whilst travelling interstellar voids, well, your average spacer develops his own unique miasma. Part stale, part sour, and of course, undetectable to the person who was the origin of the smell. Arriving long-distance traders were kept in their own wing of the station for fear of causing spontaneous outbreaks of sickness. The clever industrial boffins at Solo, however, looked to harness the power of some locally discovered microorganisms and the body's own waste products to solve not only the space stink, but also give commanders something more comfy to slip into of an evening whilst visiting the facilities on the station. A microorganism, discovered in the highlands of a small island in the north of the northern hemisphere of Big's Colony, is closely related to the altogether nastier, flesh-eating bacteria of the more temperate regions. Said to be able to strip a pilot to their bones in under an hour, in unspeakable agony as it liquefies everything soft and squidgy, and use it as, uses it as fuel for its own reproduction. The northern Altarian variety is entirely more benign. It, similar to some of those very tickly Japanese fish, feeds only on dead human cells. And instead of turning into a disgusting brown, you know, turning people into a disgusting brown goo, forms into layers, whorls, swirls, and bright sheets of colourful um, uh, sheets. Spill some on your hand and it will rapidly coat it in what is, to all intents and purposes, a glove, lifting all your dead cells from the surface and turning them into a bright, color colorful and vibrant fabric that is surprisingly strong. What's more, during the process, it emits a sweet fragrance that is designed to attract other mammals. 
the process by which it jumps from host to host and reproduces. Depending on the, the various hormones, skin types and oils that the host body excretes, the smell varies from intensely floral to fruity and rich, as well as, well, if you've been eating at the Indian buffet on, on the 13th level of the station, spicy and mysterious. The scientists take great delight after a hard day at work in stepping out of their work clothes and lab coats, stripping naked and standing under a fine mist of what is sold as Altarian skin, in no time re-emerging like a giant two-legged butterfly from a chrysalis robbed in swaths of bright colour and walking around like a bored passenger at an airline duty-free fragrance store covered in sprays from tester bottles. In fact, it works best on the long-distance spacefarer, someone who hasn't seen civilization in a long time, the kind of person who's worn their underclothes inside out then right way uh, a few times and not stuffed them in the laundromat for a while, the, the kind of person who stinks like they've not had a bath since the days of slower-than-light space travel. The grubbier you are, the brighter and bigger and more bold the clothes and the fragrance these microorganisms create. This blast of colour at Solo Orbiter isn't limited to just people. They've taken it to heart and station systems filter out skin particles, hair from the floor of the barber and just about any human cells they can find. And instead of leaving it to form dust bunnies on the filter, they feed it to vats of the Altarian bacteria and produce banners and, and flags, pennants and drapes. The effect? Well, the station looks like a bazaar. Well, now, there are a few warnings. I've been, giving, I've been given a, a small spray can of the Altarian skin, and the manual contains quite a few pages of warnings. The first is, do not apply Altarian skin if you suffer from dandruff followed by a picture of some poor chap whose head fell off under the weight of the huge cloth hat that spawned on top of his head. Do not spray this product under your clothing, followed by an image of someone who appears to have been smothered inside his shirt and trousers and quite literally crushed to death with colour. For external use only. Big letters there. Well, I can understand that. I mean, after all, I wouldn't want bacteria feed on the, on the roast chicken sandwich I had for lunch and give me rose-coloured burps before detonating me in a colourful explosion from the inside out. I've seen a safety video of what happens. I would say it's not pretty, but it is. Especially as when the person who did it passed away, the bacteria decided it was like a free buffet and instead of a sad-looking corpse, the screen was filled with what looked like an explosion of from a paint factory. Anyway, I'm going to give this stuff a try. I've stripped specially and one quick squirt all over like a body spray. Oh, wow. Oh, immediately, immediately, it's like I put on a psychedelic cat suit. My arms are various shades of blue and over my shoulders in purple. It's, um, well, it's a little revealing. Um, I have it matching the contours of my body, but um, I can see it growing. It is weird. It's as if it immediately applies underwear, then expands into folds of cloth like a well-made dress. 
it's figure hugging, but once it reaches my waist, the flowing folds of the Altarian skin have given me, that's kind of like an elegant flowing pattern down to the ground, which swooshes when I walk. Hmm. Oh, and what's more, it, it slowly stops growing. Um, I'm hit by the smell strongly of bergamot from the, the Earl Grey I had earlier, faintly of oranges. Oh, well. Well, and that's that. Stepping out onto the concourse outside my hotel room. I'm not the only one dressed in bright colours. It's, it's a little weird to be standing here with no clothes on, but, but fully covered at the same time. Uh, to be fair, and entirely modest in how it's clad me. It's light and feels as if I'm wearing nothing at all. Oh well, time to head out for the party. Quick wash of my hands before I go and... Uh, oh, oh no, I don't know. What, what have I done? Oh heck. Oh, let me grab the bottle. Oh, here is the bomb. Do not use soap or solvents near your Altarian skin. The Solo Orbiter Clothing Company cannot be held responsible for accidental nudity, resumption of body odour, or any loss of style arising from washing. Oh my god. At 8,000 credits per spray, that's an expensive mistake. Um, This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest, and I've, uh, I've learned my lesson at being dirty is sometimes the best course of action. So, being dirty is the best course of action. Yeah. Somebody gave me that advice as well. Recommended. <laughs> I wondered, Chicks, I wondered when you were going to come up with a completely random comment. <laughs> what was that? Um, Summer Triangle, named by Patrick Moore. It was. It was named by Sir Patrick Moore. It's, it's still very random. Oh, I see. You just read it because you were looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not random. It's... it's... <laughs> Was mentioned. Yes. So. So. Mm. So. Well. Mm. That... Nick. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. So, Jim. Mm-hmm. Litho. Yeah. How was it? I survived. It yeah, was the There were only a very small yeah. number of seams. There were. Yeah. What was the? Uh... We we asked Josh. <laughs> we asked uh, over like the same question last week. Like, I don't know how to put this delicately. Um, how much did you, um, <clears throat> you know, adrenaline is brown and all that? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I flushed all of that out of my system 45 minutes before the show when we couldn't get online. Yeah. Well, very well done to you. You yeah. deserve yeah. a big cheer. Yeah. Hey. Hey. yeah, very, very well done, apart from missing out my background music. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't know what happened to that. It should have been there. Oh, well, I'll fix it for next week. Yeah, we know it should yeah, have been. Yeah, we'll find in the edit. Oh, well, it's, uh, are you coming back next week? Apparently so. Oh, yeah, you're doing another week, yeah. You're doing two weeks in the throat? Uh, possibly. Well, Ooh, Overlight and I are discussing. One of us will definitely be covering. So uh, yeah, you're good. Mm. Very good. Wow, this is awesome. It is all these new people. 
Yeah. Doing so well. well not, new people, but not new people. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. We did say we'd break them in gently. <laughs> yeah, what happened to that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> much, much like cake, it was a lie. We lie. <sighs> All the time. What do you expect from journalists? This is true. Who's, who's a journalist? Well, yeah, you take that clue. back. That's a dirty word. You take that back. Yeah, exactly. That's not us. We're no <laughs> we, we, we make up stuff. We broadcast stuff. Made oh, up yeah, stuff. we are journalists. We do make up stuff. Must be. Right? There you go. There you go. Yeah. Fiction writers are also people that do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, yeah. They, uh, technically, they're all, journalists are technically. Yeah, but they get, the fiction well. writers tend to get people to buy their fiction. We just. We just we we do. It's the only way we can get anybody to provide it for free, isn't it? It's the only way we can get anybody. <laughs> and then we'll leave it on the internet like a cat, what, a cat litter tree. You can just pick out the bits that are least offensive to you. <laughs> that's, that, that's the second mention of cat litter tonight. Yeah, no, that's that's what inspired me to mention cat litter. All ah, right, about Wellingtons. Yeah. yeah. But there we go. Well, right. it's hang on. Raining? Well, no, it was earlier. I can't see now. It's dark outside. Hang on, got, I'm, no, I'm just just caught me mid headset adjustment. It's still raining in Glasgow. <laughs> right, you can carry on and do your thing now because I. Do you want to warn the listener? Oh yeah, <clears throat> it's that time Pre again. Oh, Prepare yes. yourselves. Hang on a minute. Yeah, prepare yourself for a loud noise. If you're of a delicate disposition, time to step away from the headphones. For the mug! For the mug! For that mug. For the mug. For the mug. Well. No journey too long and no cargo too small. Profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading up the tea nice to the brim with Into the sun, swivel like the pilot on the Xbox One. Alvin at the front, you know he leads us well. Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody else. Father Mark, Father Mark, yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Father Mark, Father Mark, now everybody sing the Hutton Trucker song. Drop the song. 
today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We're taking 